0: Hi. 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 Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I'm in my hammock again, one of my favorite places to be. And I'm ready to spend some time with you and with Jesus. We begin Matthew chapter 18 tonight, and as we do, I invite you just to listen to these words, these few short verses, and notice what word, what phrase, what idea, what image sticks out to you. At that hour, the disciples approached Jesus saying, "'Who then is the greater in the kingdom of the heavens?' And, calling a child forward, he stood the child in their midst and said, Amen, I tell you, unless you turn back and become as children, you most certainly may not enter into the kingdom of the heavens. He, therefore, who will make himself small as this child, this one is the greater in the kingdom of the heavens. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever causes one of these little ones who have faith in me to falter, it is better for him to have a millstone of the kind turned by an ass hung about his neck, and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Alas for the cosmos, because of the occasions of faltering, for it is a necessity that occasions of faltering come about, but alas for the man through whom the occasion of faltering comes." Now, if your hand or your foot causes you to falter, cut it off and fling it away from you. It is good for you to enter into life crippled or limping rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the fire of the age. And if your eye causes you to falter, tear it out and fling it away from you. It is good for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into Hnomes veil of fire. What word or phrase sticks out to you? For me, there were two sentences. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And it is a necessity that occasions of faltering come about, but alas for the man through whom the occasion of faltering comes. The second time as we read, where do you see God? Where do you hear God? Where is there a stirring in your soul of something greater, something mysterious, something holy? Because you read and hear and reflect on these words. At that hour, the disciples approached Jesus saying, Who then is the greater in the kingdom of the heavens? And, calling a child forward, he stood the child in their midst, and said, Amen, I tell you, unless you turn back and become as children, you most certainly may not enter into the kingdom of the heavens. He therefore who will make himself small as this child, this one is the greater in the kingdom of the heavens. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever causes one of these little ones who have faith in me to falter, it is better for him to have a millstone of the kind turned by an ass, hung about his neck, and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Alas for the cosmos, because of the occasions of faltering. For it is a necessity that occasions of faltering come about, but alas for the man through whom the occasion of faltering comes. Now, if your hand or your foot causes you to falter, cut it off and fling it away from you. It is good for you to enter into life crippled or limping rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the fire of the age. And if your eye causes you to falter, tear it out and fling it away from you. It is good for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into Hanom's veil of fire. Where do you see God in these readings? For me, even while I was reading, I was thinking about children. As an adult child of an alcoholic, that's kind of the lens that I often end up thinking about a lot of this through. I'm still kind of at a loss at what the relationship between the person, the critical inner parent, the inner child, the true self and the higher power is. And sometimes it seems like the higher power and the inner child are meant to be one or that it's the inner child who has the most ability to kind of Apprehend and relate to and connect with the higher power. And I don't pretend to have expertise or to really even understand that aspect of what the program teaches and what it talks about. It's still a mystery to me. But I do think it's kind of interesting to put side by side this. Relationship of children at the beginning and to cut off your hand or your arm or your leg or your eye at the end. It seems so fierce and so angry and so at odds to talk about removing one's own limb to be able to enter into life than it does to Have faith like a child to be greatest because you have gone back, turned back to become as children. And yet I have a six and a half year old, my oldest, who sometimes it seems would gladly cut off his nose to spite his face, I think is the phrase. He's so full of... Of anger. Sunday morning, I try to have little art activities for them to do um, while we do our online service that my wife plays for. I come over to watch and be with the kids so that she can focus on what she needs to do for that. And... This last Sunday, I made a grid of squares and I thought we'd play a game kind of like pente or tic-tac-toe or something where we just colored in squares and tried to get as many in a row as we could and pass around the grids and just kind of while away the time. And then it would be kind of an interesting pattern at the end. And on the first square, something happened. I don't know if he colored outside the lines or if he couldn't get the square as Full as he wanted to and he started screaming and he threw the marker and he crumpled the, p- the paper up and he tore it and he threw it on the ground and he just kept screaming he ended up going up upstairs and <coughs> his mom had to go up and be with him and almost missed the place in the service where she was supposed to play and it it just was he was filled with this fury that I don't, can't explain, that I don't understand, that, honestly, it frightens me. Being an adult child, I'm afraid of angry people and any personal criticism. It's one of the laundry list traits, and it just, I didn't know what to do with him or for him. And ultimately, he kind of needed the time and space to be wrapped up in a sheet on his floor by himself for a while, and that was okay. But having children has drastically reshaped what I think about being a child through the eyes of faith. When I was in seminary, we were given a This I Believe assignment pretty soon into the program. And... I wrote this, I believe, I am a child. And I wrote with kind of a a focus and a clarity about purity and innocence and what it meant to me to be a child. Sincerity and open-heartedness and love. And yet children are also furious and angry and sad and morose and grumpy and moody and a lot of things that I wouldn't want to be through the eyes of faith and have in some ways found that part of what I wanted in faith maybe was closer to well, this isn't entirely fair or true but maybe closer to toxic positivity than actual faith and was certainly diminishing and erasing parts of what I needed to have a whole human experience. Even as yesterday's pod, I talked about being able to feel my feelings and not really even knowing how to do that still. My children have no problem feeling their feelings and expressing them at great volume. And where is God in that? I don't know. I've been honest about that and I just come back to it. I don't know what the relationship to the inner child and feeling my feelings and my true self and my higher power is. I know it's in there somewhere, so I'll hope to keep... Walking through this, talking through this, asking questions, going to meetings, and hoping to understand. And that will ha- that will that will have to be that will be it will be enough. This third time, as we read, and reflect on this passage. What is God calling you to do or to be? What could you imagine yourself doing? What strikes you as a new way to understand your own life or your own thoughts? Because you have read these words. At that hour, the disciples approached Jesus saying, who then is the greater in the kingdom of the heavens? And calling a child forward, he stood the child in their midst and said, Amen, I tell you, unless you turn back and become as children, you most certainly may not enter into the kingdom of the heavens. He, therefore, who will make himself small as this child, this one is the greater in the kingdom of the heavens. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever causes one of these little ones who have faith in me to falter, it is better for him to have a millstone of the kind turned by an ass, hung about his neck, and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Alas for the cosmos, because of the occasions of faltering, for it is a necessity that occasions of faltering come about. But alas for the man through whom the occasion of faltering comes. Now, if your hand or your foot causes you to falter, cut it off and fling it away from you. It is good for you to enter into life crippled or limping rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the fire of the age. And if your eye causes you to falter, tear it out and fling it away from you. It is good for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into Hinoam's veil of fire. What is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? Part of what I have discovered, wondered about, thought about, enjoyed, talked about, is that I don't necessarily know sound like a broken record tonight what it is that is my connection to God or to a higher power in some ways this is just a chance for me to talk things out to myself to wonder about them and to hear my own voice talk and I'm so grateful to have all of you who are there and who make it feel worth doing and I hope and I pray that you gain something from it as well but tonight, a friend texted me, Facebook messaged me actually, the link to a position at a well known, well respected, successful church in the area looking for a youth minister. And it had a couple of things that even before I looked at the job description, which I haven't actually done, made me think, oh, that would be a good fit for me right now. One, that it's only 30 hours a week and it's not full time. And with kids out of school, out of daycare, complicated scheduling, I need some flexibility in my schedule and Having found really some honest enjoyment in working for the gig economy, I'd like to keep doing that. And to be able to do that on my own schedule, my own time, would be something I would appreciate being able to keep. But also I've thought, and it came up for me even looking at the job description that this discipline itself is something that as I've continued to think about it, man, it would work great with someone organized and dedicated to it in a youth ministry setting in the youth ministry, Facebook groups. I'm a part of, there's always people thinking about and talking about how to do devotionals for teens. I mean, this could be a, dynamite, national, big deal kind of example for that. I've always been able to get teens to engage scripture and be honest and have found that when you ask the question, where do you see God? It disarms them and they almost always without fail answer the question. Whereas if you ask them if they believe in God, you'll probably get a no or a, I don't know, or my parents do. But when you ask them where to find God, they come with a quick and ready answer. And to do this in a high school setting could build community, could build spiritual practice, could build spirituality and could be an example that other churches, other places could learn from. Doing it one-on-one each day and posting it to record with a group of people. Man, it would be cool. And so, in that, I guess I have my own answer to if I'm going to apply for it, whether or not it will work out, or I'll be considered, or anything, who knows. But apply, it appears that I shall. And that'll be good. Or at the very least, it'll be okay. And all will be well. The prayer for the Sunday closest to June 15th. Keep, O oh Lord, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours, my friends, because within you is the light of God, the light of the world which you are, always.